Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Awesome. Basic steps. Great, man. Love it. Give it up for Jeremy for putting that video together. Come on, that's great. I love it. I love it. My name is Michael, and my wife Carmen and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors, and we're so glad that you came to church on Father's Day. I know Pastor Sean said it a minute ago. A minute ago can we just give it up like crazy for all of our dads? Come on. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad that you are at church today. As always, I want to take just a moment I want to welcome our online family. I thank you so much, whether you're watching by yourself or with your family or a watch party. Thank you so much for making Vibrant part of your Sunday. Let's welcome our online family in. Come on, all around the world. We have connect cards that come in from all over the nation literally every week. And I want to specifically mention our Pennsylvania crew from Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for getting your group and your families together. And, and uh, you guys got like a, another vibrant campus in Pennsylvania. So glad that you're a part of it and so honored that uh, you chose to be a vibrant today. Uh, Father's Day, man. It is, it is awesome. I love Father's Day. Anybody love Father's Day? Father's Day. It's a good day. I want to start out uh, Father's Day today with the only way that would be the right way to start out a Father's Day message, and that is with some dad jokes. What y'all think? All right, all right, like happy you guys are on, on board with this. Okay, let me just, I know, I know, I, let me warm you up to it, okay? What is brown and sticky? Y'all are too, y'all... Y'all too good. See, I got some experts in dad jokes here. Okay, all right. How do you get a country girl's attention? (laughs) And he's from New York. He moves down to Texas, and here we go. All right. Why are elevator jokes so classic? Because they work on so many levels. Gotcha. Got him. All right. Why do bees have sticky hair? I knew Rosenfelder was going to speak up. One of them, Rosenfelder was going to get it. He's the real expert when it comes to the dad jokes here. Okay, this is one for you, Rosie. This is, this is it right here. Ready? What would the Terminator be called in his retirement? Joe got it. Come on now. The exterminator. The exterminator. That's good. I'm just glad that I am in the house with some people that that appreciate good dad jokes. Enough that you Googled them the same place I did. Praise God. Come on now. (laughs) I love it, man. So glad uh, that you're here today. You know, I just want to be honest at the beginning of this Father's Day message uh, today that this day for some people is an amazing 
celebration, okay? It's, it's a day where you get with your dad and you got on the lake and you have a great time or you go and do whatever your dad wants to do or you want to do as a dad. But there are some people in this room or watching online that today is not a great day. Uh, you've lost your father. You've lost a father figure in your life. You've lost a grandfather. You've lost somebody in your life uh, that was in that role. And, and I know that this is a tough day, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I, I'm sitting in that chair with you. Um, this is my sixth Father's Day without my hero. And so, but I'm sure thankful for the grace of God that has led me through that. So I want to let you know uh, that, first of all, I, me as a pastor, I'm praying for you, okay? Today, this week, I, this weekend, I've been praying. You've been on my mind. I've been praying for you and with you uh, that the Lord is going to touch you and give you a comfort and a source of, uh, you know, His Holy Spirit is a comforter, amen? And we, don't, it, we would never need comfort unless we were uncomfortable, right? And so when we're uncomfortable, His Spirit will come and comfort us and give us peace where there was no peace, amen? And so before we dive into the message, I just want you to know that I love you and, and I'm praying for you in that. Uh, there was a story uh, about some of the worst Mother's Day gifts ever in the Houston Chronicle many years ago, okay? And the, what led, the, it was the headline of the story, this man, uh, <laughs> he was the number one worst gift giver on Mother's Day, and he gave his wife an iron. All right, we'll just, we'll just start right there, okay? This was like the headline in the paper. Guys, he was so proud of that headline. Like, he was so proud. It's like, man, look, I made it in the Houston Chronicle. I'm like the man. I made it. Well, he got the message when his wife gave him an ironing board for Father's Day. You know what I'm saying, right? He, he, got, he got the message. Today, fathers, I hope you got a great gift. I hope your family has just baptized you with, uh, with great gifts. In fact, my family gave me a great gift. I had an old iPad mini, and my wife got me a brand new iPad. It's a bigger iPad, so that means I can preach a little longer, right? I mean, that's what I thought. I, I, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Dads, I want to tell you, you matter. We're in this middle of this Kingdom Code series, and, and we're going to kind of take a break from it, but kind of not, because this is right in line with it. But dads, I want to tell you, you matter. You matter. Every one of you, men, that maybe you're not a dad yet, but you're going to be a dad eventually, you matter. You matter. I want you to know that today. You matter. Let me give you some statistics here. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. Fatherless homes. That's five times the average, in case you're wondering. 90% of all homelessness and runaway children are from fatherless homes. That's 32 times the average. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. That's 20 times the average. 80% of rapists and anger problems, uh, people with anger problems, come, with, come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. There's a father factor in education. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of school. Fatherless children. Children with fathers who are involved are 40% less likely to repeat a grade in school. The children with fathers who are involved are 70% less likely, likely to drop out of school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to get A's in school. Children with fathers in, who are involved are more likely to enjoy school and engage in extracurricular activities. Fathers, men, I have to tell you today, you matter. You matter in this world. You matter in the kingdom of God. 
Men, you matter. You matter. Let me set it up this way. I want to set up the message a little bit differently than I normally would. Um, I need a volunteer, a male volunteer, anybody, somebody that doesn't mind jumping. Come here, Ryan. Uh, Carmen, here, throw me that ball right there, baby. Throw me that ball. Just throw it. Come on, you got it. Oh, look, (laughs) look at her. Okay, all right, yeah, you can stay down there. You're about 6'5", anyway, so. All right, come over here, Ryan. Jeremy, we should have left it tall, huh? Can you raise it? You raise it. Go for it, bro. Ryan, come over here, bro. This is this little ball. Do you need to... Oh, Lord. I, hey, we're expanding anyway. We're tearing the ceiling out, so we'll just... If you're one of the contractors, we're doing your job for you right now. We're trying to help you. All right, Ryan, do you need to stretch or anything? Okay, all right. So, Ryan, I want you to just give me a dunk right here, bro. Give me a dunk. Can you give me a dunk? Oh, look at him. Look at him. That's great, bro. High five. That's good. Awesome. Now, now that was, uh, your knee's okay? You're good? A little stretch? Megan, don't come after me. This is him. He did it. He volunteered. I didn't choose him, okay? So um, I, I want to do something. I want to do a little exercise here. Uh, Jeremy, why don't you bring the big goal out? Bring the big goal out right here. Ryan, come up on stage. Come up on stage, bro. We're going to bring this goal up here. Come on. What I want you to do is we're going to do something a little fun. I want you to give me like, this is the Vibrant Church dunk contest right here, bro, okay? I want you to give me like a, like through the legs, around the back, do a front flip and dunk. Like, I, whatever you want to do. Like, a, I don't, I, this, be creative. Give me a good. Oh! He broke the goal, man. That's what happens when Shaq's involved. All right, all right. Give it up for Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. That's awesome. That's good. You know what, Jeremy? You go ahead and take it, bro. Here. Carmen, you want to catch it? Surprise. Oh, look at her. Almost. Hey, why did I do that? Why? The game of basketball, the game of basketball has been set up to be played on a 94-foot court, okay, with the free throw line 15 feet away from the backboard, and the rim is 10 feet above the court and has an 18-inch diameter. Is that at 10 foot right now? Is that one? Okay, so nine and a half foot. He still got it, bro. He still got it. Look at him. Nine and a half foot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> these standards, these standards that I was telling you about, ensure that the game of basketball is played amidst standards that's set forth by the NBA, the NCAA, the Olympics, and the governing bodies. It helps. This, this game have credibility, right? It helps this game have credibility. And so without these standards, the game would be changed and would not have the same credibility, the honor, or the prestige that the leagues have. They would not have that prestige. Now, Ryan came up and he dunked on that goal and it was really easy for him, right? No, it was a stretch. It was a stretch for him. Look, it was a stretch. And then you brought the other goal out here and it was super easy, right? Man, I want to tell you, God has set a standard for you. God has set a standard. He has a goal for you. Now, what happens is, is as men, God has set a goal for you, and that goal is being a kingdom man. Say this again. Say kingdom man. God has set a standard for you to be a kingdom man. That is the goal. Yet many men What has happened in our culture, in our world today, we lower the standards and then celebrate when we can dunk the ball. We 
We know that the, the standard is for us to be a kingdom man, and he gives us all the tools to be a kingdom man, but rather than standing up to the standard, we would rather bring the other goal out and celebrate when we can dunk on the goal. You know, my, my six-year-old son, uh, he really gets frustrated at me uh, because I, we have a little, that's his goal, right? And he loves for me to keep it really low so he can dunk on it all the time, so he can dunk on his little brother. And I tell him, no, if you're gonna shoot on it, you have to raise the goal because I want you to grow. You've gotta grow into the standard. Men, this affects everyone. This starts locally, it spreads regionally, it grows nationally. What happens is it destroys the culture of what men are supposed to be like, what fathers are supposed to be like. Fathers, men, I'm gonna go a little bit somewhere different today on, with this Father's Day sermon. I'm gonna go to the book of Ezekiel. And before we get there, where we're gonna open up today, let me give you a little context on what that book looks like. Uh, the Israelites here had walked away from God, okay? Not only that, the Babylonians had come and they'd taken over Jerusalem, okay? They came and took over Jerusalem. The reason why God allowed this to happen was the men of the nation had lowered their standard that God had set for them. Okay, what is that standard? We're gonna get into it. So they began, these men began to worship other idols. They began to allow impurity into their lives. Sexual immorality ran rampant. They literally worshiped idols of sex and money. Idols of sex and money turned their eyes away from God, which led them to be having their, their, their entire uh, nation turned over to the Babylonians, okay? It sounds familiar to me, all right? As they worshiped other idols and got distracted, social injustice began to run amok among them. The same thing has happened in 2021. As I said last week, sin in our culture is not getting any, any worse. It's just different. It's not getting any worse. We just have a different vehicle in which we get there, right? But the greatest sin of our generation may be taking away the identity of what a godly man is supposed to look like and the role they're supposed to play. That may be the greatest sin of our generation. I would tell you this, the issues of our generation began when people began worshiping power rather than the one with the power, right? When, when we begin to worship other idols, whether it's like little G gods, like money or sex or power or influence, other things are byproducts of that. There are other things like I told you last week, some things um, you know, not everything is a sin, but everything is a seed, right? And so, you know, for you, that thing may not be a, seed, a sin, but it is a seed where you may not like the harvest that it produces. And so uh, this harvest, what happens in our lives, it, it, it brings a harvest of depression. It brings a harvest of social regression as a people. It brings a harvest of social injustice, as a people, as hate, as racism, as sexism, as not being the man that we were supposed to be. The reason, if you could go back and look at any culture that has fallen, any great kingdom that has fallen, it has began with men that took their eye off the ball. That's where it began. And so, but as they walked away from God, there was a prophet named Ezekiel. So the Babylonians had conquered the Israelites and taken them captive, but there were a select few that were allowed to be released from captivity um, to go, and they were rebuilding. And as Ezekiel was in this group, so this kind of picks up on his 30th birthday, and he was supposed to be ordained as a priest in this time, okay? So he was, you know, what his goal was for his life was to be a priest 
for the kingdom. And so on his 30th birthday, he was supposed to be ordained, but rather than that, he was sitting on the side of the river with all of his life plans destroyed. And to be honest with you, he was kind of depressed. He was kind of overwhelmed by it. And he was just sitting there and he was kind of depressed by it. All of a sudden, in the book of Ezekiel, the Lord gave him a vision. And, and I won't preach that entire vision. That's a much longer sermon uh, than what we're here for today. But what he sees is Israel being destroyed and the people paying for their sins. This is what the vision goes on for a while. And, and Ezekiel is an entire allegory of what that looks like. But the key verse that I want to preach to you today is in chapter 22 and verse 30. You may have heard this before, and I just hope to open it up to you in a little different manner. In verse 30, it says, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. There was righteousness that literally guarded the land there. And, and so he was saying, I'm like, you know, God said, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall, so I wouldn't have to destroy the land. But I found no one. I found no one. You know, in a world that is falling apart, the Lord is looking for men that will simply stand in the gap and rebuild the wall of righteousness. Just stand in the gap. And here's the problem. There's nothing you can do to do that. There's nothing you can do. Men, you are naturally a doer. You are naturally, God made you as a doer. You ask, how many times do you ask the question, how can I fix it? What can I do to fix it? How many times do you have to be told, I don't need you to fix it, I need you to listen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right? You are naturally a doer. God made you that way. And, and, and that's why it's so important here when you go to the word that God wasn't looking for somebody to rebuild the wall. God was looking for somebody to stand in the gap where the wall had been broken down. He wasn't looking for you to, he's not looking for you to do something. He's looking for you to be someone. What are you saying? I'm saying to do less and be more. Do less. Men, let me challenge you today. Do less. Be more. Don't feel like you, have, don't feel the pressure from everybody else in your world to do more things. I follow a guy, he's one of my good friends. He's a pastor. I won't say his name because he's probably watching our feet eventually. But I love him. I look up to him. He's an amazing guy. He's one of my good friends. And, and But I tell you what, he is like dad goals. Like every one of his kids are on the all-star baseball team. Like, and they're like the same age as my kid. Like they're hitting home runs off a of t-ball and like all the rest of the kids are playing t-ball and his kids are getting it pitched to him. I'm like, man. And I like, I, you know, I feel... Sometimes I feel that pressure like, okay, Ethan, let's go hit the ball. Nope, that's not going to work. Why? Why? I'm not called to that. His kids are different than, his, than my kids. I'm different than he is. Don't be, husbands, fathers, listen to me today. Don't feel that pressure to be called to do more. Okay? You're called to, to, to be more. Be more of who God called you to be. Let me break that down. Righteousness comes only from, okay, well, let's just make sure. Righteousness comes only from, okay, this side of the room. Righteousness comes only from, there we go. Okay, all right, just making sure. I can't see all the lights. I just wanna make sure people are still here today. Uh, so, uh, but guys, this wall, can, this wall of righteousness can only be rebuilt by him. Don't miss this. 
This wall of righteousness in our world can only be rebuilt by the one who brings righteousness. Who brings righteousness? You can't rebuild that wall. You can't rebuild the wall. All you can do is what God called you to do, and that is stand in the gap. That's all you can do and be who God told you to be. When we, what we need as men and fathers is being willing to stand in the gap for the right things. To stand in the gap for the right things. Men, we need a revival of spirituality in our men. We need a revival of spirituality in our men. Men, don't believe the lie the world tries to convince you that spirituality is only for women. We need some strong men that are full of spiritual muscles that will stand up and be Holy Ghost proud to lead their homes. We need that, we need that in our homes. We need that. In a world full of sheep, be a shepherd. In a world full of sheep, be a shepherd. God called you to shepherd your home. God called you and he gave you the, the power and the authority to do that. It is my biggest pet peeve in the entire world uh, that most shows, they depict the dad as the guy who grunts and sits in his recliner and doesn't get involved. Church, I just gotta tell you, that's not the kind of man that I want to be. I wanna be a kingdom man, not a man that allows the world that tells me how to raise my kids and go with the flow. But the word says that the head of every man is Christ and you are the shepherd of your home. So I'm going to be involved. I'm going to be set up. I'm going to, I'm going to be a kingdom man. The point I want you to get today is that, that, that kingdom, standing in the gap, being a kingdom man means becoming more, not doing more. It means becoming more. So let me ask you, or let me answer the question today. How do I become a kingdom man? How do you become a kingdom man today? And I hope to encourage you with a life-giving message today. And, and, and the number one thing that you can do is to know your role. Know your role. In Genesis 1 and 26, dominion is given by God and ushered in through his creation in man. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image they, to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea and birds of the sky and livestock and all the animals on the earth and the small animals scurry along the ground. God gave dominion in that moment. Now, I know we, th we hear the word dominion and we think ultimately because of context clues, we think dominate. That's what we think. We think dominion is dominate, but that's really not the, the, the plan here. See, the goal is, is that you've been commissioned by God. You've been literally made by God. In the beginning of creation, God created man first, then made the woman from the man. But in that, he gave dominion to the man first. What is that? What is dominion? Biblically, uh, that word described is described two ways. Number one, the power of life and the power of death. The power of life the power of death. Let me break this down for you, okay? Jesus is talking in John 14. He says, very, very, very truly, I, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and, and will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and, and, whatever you, and, and, with, and I will do whatever you ask in my name and so that my Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Men, I wanna tell you today, men, you literally have the power to bring things to life in your family. You have been given dominion by God to bring things to life in your family, personally in your life. You have been given dominion by God in your marriage to bring things to life in, in, in your family. Men, I wanna challenge you. 
Today, it's our responsibility as kingdom men to make sure that our marriage is good. It's our responsibility to make sure that our relationship with our wife is good first. And I will tell you, men, this has very little to, hap- little to do with what happens in the bedroom and more to, to do with what happens in the living room. Kingdom men, you have dominion to bring life to your, to your kids. To your kids. Uh, men, I want to tell you today, and, and I'll speak for the wives and the kids here. Men, your family, are, they want you to lead. They want you to lead. They want you to lead. They want you to be the kingdom man that you're called to be. I've had so many talks in marriage coaching and helping couples that the wife has just said, I just want him to lead. If he'll just lead, I'll follow him. Man, you are called to this. Let me encourage you. Don't, don't look at it and say, man, I just can't do it. I don't have that energy. I'm just, I'm so busy and I got all the things. No, God made you for this. God wired you first for that and then whatever else you're doing. God wired you first for this. God wired you this way. He called you and wired you to lead your kids. Leading and developing them and bringing, you have the power to speak life out of them. There is nothing more encouraging than a dad saying, good job. There is nothing more encouraging than a dad saying, bro, that's the best I've ever seen you do it. Bro, I wish you'd do it. Hey, do it again. I want to see it. Let me get it on video. I want to see it. Can you do it again? There's nothing more powerful. There's life-giving words. The words that you speak are life-giving, and you have the dominion to call destiny out of your kids. Man, God gave you the power to do it. You have the dominion to call. But the other side of this is the power of death. You have the power to bring dominion of evil spirits that attack your home. I don't know whether you know this or not, but you are in spiritual warfare because the enemy hates a healthy home. The enemy hates a healthy marriage. The enemy hates kids that are growing up in the faith. The enemy hates a whole home because you know why? Healthy families are a pillar of the local church. They're a pillar of it. He, the enemy hates it. So you had the dominion, the power to bring death to that, to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I refuse anything that may come against my kids. I pray against stuff that comes against my kids. Why? Because they don't have the spiritual strength to do it yet. So God called me to do it. I've got to step in with my spiritual muscles and I got to begin to pray because God called me to be the protector of my home and I've got to use the dominion that God already gave me. Right? The second way you can be a kingdom man, the first one is know your role. God gave you dominion. God gave you dominion. That doesn't mean to dominate. That means that it's the power to speak life and death. Okay, you have that power. Okay, the second one is this. Don't be silent. Don't be silent. I want to do a little exercise really fast. I want us to, uh, you guys are all being quiet. So I want you to, uh, all the men, every man, just stand up. Every man, come on, come on, help me out here. All right, men, good, I'm glad we got all these men standing. On three, I want you to scream as loud as you can. Are you ready? If there's any sleeping babies in here, you just may want to move them, all right? Men, I want you to scream as, as loud as you can. Cover that baby's ear. I don't want to hurt that baby's ear. All right, all right, all right, all right, here we go. Ready? Men, are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Bro, that fired me up. I feel I'm in 300 right now. Let's go. 
All right, now, men, I want us to, I want us to be as quiet as possible for about five seconds. Go. There's a big difference between where we were and where we're at, isn't there? You can be seated. You can be seated. There's a big difference between, rah! There was this, hey, did anybody else feel that energy? You feel that energy? You're ready to charge. Like you could take, in, take on hell with a water pistol right there, bro. You're ready. Right? You were ready, okay? But there was no energy when there was silence. God, that's good. There was no energy when there was silence. Men, don't be silent about what God called you to do. In Genesis 3, verse 6 through 9, Adam was silent when God was calling for a leader. Adam was silent when the woman, in verse six, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They hid from the Lord God amongst the trees, but the Lord God called out to the man, where are you? They hid from him and they were quiet. Man, I just gotta tell you, boldness about the right things can save a generation. Boldness about the right things can save a generation. Men, we are naturally bold about certain things, okay? Grilling. How many of y'all gas grillers? Exactly. How many of y'all charcoal grillers? That's what I'm talking about. That's my people, okay? Got the big green egg. We don't mess with my grilling, okay? Like, all right, cars. If I did a poll, Ford versus Chevy could split this church right here, right now. I could split this church. I could do it. I could split. Sports Twitter. Guys, I don't understand this, okay? There are grown men with careers who get so worked up emotionally debating sports on a social media site. I'm a sports guy, I get it, but I don't get that, okay? We are naturally bold about certain things. We are naturally bold about, but here's the thing, is that God created you with this boldness inside of you. You have to exercise that muscle and don't be ashamed of that boldness and let it turn you into hiding. Don't be ashamed of the boldness, but rather be bold about the right things. Be bold about the truth. Be bold about raising your kids in the truth. Be bold about his house. Church, let me tell you, if the father goes to church, the family will go with him 93% of your time. Okay, 93% of the time. And I feel like you can make up that other seven. Come on, somebody. So if you will lead your home and say, as for me and my house, Sunday morning, we going to church. We can go on the lake, but we're going to go out to church, okay? I, we're going to do all the things. We can go to Kangas. We can go eat. We can do all the things, but we're going to go after church because as for me and my house, why? Because God gave you dominion. God gave you dominion for that. You're bringing life into a situation. You're raising standard and standing in the gap. You're standing in the gap, and God is building righteousness around you. It's his kingdom. You're putting him first in all things. Your heart needs to be furiously focused on, on praying this particular prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. God, not what I want because I'm really good at doing the things that I want, but God, your kingdom come, your will be done. The truth is, is that too many men are praying for his will, but still trying to do it their way. Too many men are trying to do that. It's his calling, 
Men, let me tell you, I know that you're a provider. I know you work hard for your, for your home and for your finances and for your kids. That is part of your role as a man and as a father. But I just want to tell you, you are called to more than that. You're called to, to more than that. I didn't tell him that I was going to tell his story today, but he's actually not here because he's doing what I'm about to preach about. Um, but there's a man in our church. Um, his name is Alan Walters. Anybody love Alan Walters? If you're watching at home, bro, I love you. I didn't even tell him I was going to do this. Surprise. Uh, and so, uh, but Alan, uh, if you don't know, Alan and Megan are not from the Woodlands area. They're from Lumberton, Silsby area. And uh, yeah, all right, shout out Slumberton. All right, let's go. Uh, and so, I'm just kidding. I love Lumberton. I'm just kidding. Uh, and so, but uh, when we were planting this church, uh, Alan and Megan and uh, we and Carmen and I, we used to serve at the same church. And to be honest, we were not super close. Like we were just kind of, we served together and we high-fived each other and you know, that was about it. But randomly um, in the middle of this launch season, Alan and Megan, they reach out to us. They're like, hey, we think God is calling us to come plant Vibrant with you guys. And, and the thing you have to understand is the psyche of Alan Walters. All right, Alan is naturally this like super quiet guy, right? Super laid back. He's like, if he, he's in the crowd, he's probably just kind of off to the side. He's just really quiet. I think in four or five years that I worked at Parkway, I heard him say like seven words, maybe. Like that was it. He played guitar, kind of did his thing, kind of went, and he's an amazing dad, an amazing man, a kingdom man. And, and, and he steps, he's like, man, we feel like we're called to come plant the church. They move over here. They're one of the first families to move over here. They buy a house. They, you know, they do all the things they get here. And, and they, he, you know, he starts playing guitar and they start stepping into some other things. And eventually he says, he told me, he was like, man, I feel like God wants me to do more. I feel like God is calling me to do something different. And he, I feel like he's calling me to use my voice. I was like, well, bro, you're not singing. Like, that's... That. <laughs> I feel like he's calling me to use my voice. Guys, those of you that went through freedom this last year, you don't understand the miracle that happened because Alan, Alan Walter spoke one of the sessions at Freedom, which he would have never done four years ago. He chose to use the voice. And wait, don't, don't that's, that's amazing. That's worth clapping about. But I'm going somewhere else, okay? And so... He went from a silent voice to a voice that spoke at freedom. And now people received freedom because he was willing to open his mouth and step into what God called him to do. Men, if you will open your mouth, you'll speak dominion and you'll speak life and you'll speak freedom to your kids and you'll open up doors that they never thought was possible. You'll open up doors for your marriage you never thought was possible. You want your sex life to get better? You better not be silent about kingdom things. If you want your marriage to get better, you better not be silent about kingdom things. I'm telling you, open your mouth and you'll open doors because God wired you for it. And Alan Walters is a great example of it. People have seen freedom because he opened his mouth. I wish y'all clap your hands like you're in church. Men, don't be silent. Don't be silent about the right things. Be bold about it. Be bold about it. Be bold about righteous things. Be bold about the kingdom of God. Be bold about being a Christian. Be bold about who God has called you to be. Yes, I'm gonna stand up strong. I'm gonna stand firm and I'm gonna have the same energy that I had just a minute ago when I was screaming like we we're about to walk in 300 together. Right? Don't be silent, church. Don't be silent. The third point today is to commit to the standard, commit to the standard. Father's Day is the one time of the year men get complete obedience from their family, right? 
They tell their family not to spend a lot of money on them and they don't. It's a joke. Don't email me. If you're gonna email me, send it to Sean at vibrantactx.com. Okay. Exodus 34, verse 23 through 24. Three times a year, all your men are to appear before the sovereign Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive out nations before you and enlarge your territory and no one will covet your land when you go up three times each year to appear before the Lord, your God. See, when a man commits himself first and foremost to living under the rule of Jesus Christ, you get the power that comes along with that. You can rest assured that he will take care of the rest. It's a peace. I talk to so many men that say, man, I just want some peace in my life. I'm telling you, there is no peace like surrendering yourself to Jesus. Part of standing in the gap and raising the standard of dominion is leaving your personal standard behind. You can be a better dad than your dad was. Talk to so many people who say, man, I just, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad, so I don't know how to be a dad. I'm telling you, you can be a better dad than your dad was because the standard is now different when you stand in the gap. When you stand in the gap, the things that mean the most to you prosper because of God, not because of you, not because of the things that you're doing, but because of the things God does. Your family prospers your health prospers, your marriage prospers, your finances, your kids, your future, your opportunities. When you put it before God, they prosper. Man, I wanna challenge you today to be, commit to becoming, to becoming. Become the kingdom that he, that he wants you to be. Let's not try to lower the standards so we can dunk the ball and you be comfortable where we're at, but let's challenge ourselves to, to stand up in the gap. Let's not sit down because it's comfortable, but let's stand in the gap to be the man that God wants us to be. Men, look at me in the eye across the room. Look at me, every one of y'all want you to see me. I pray for you daily. I love you and I believe in you. God made you for this. You can be the dad that God called you to be. You can be the kingdom man that God called you to be. Everybody, will you stand across this room today? I want to pray over you before we go today, but I, I got to tell you, we've got a couple of gifts for you on your way out. Do y'all like gifts? I got to, anybody else like gifts? I mean, if y'all don't want them, I can keep them. It's okay. I got a couple of gifts for all of our fathers. If you're a father in this house, there's two gifts. Number one, it's a custom vibrant church koozie to keep you you drink all cool because it is 472 degrees outside I mean I was outside greeting people for like two minutes and I sweated down I just and then so not only did we get you a koozie but we got you some some custom papa seasoning for you to go home and throw on your grill all right now what's important about these gifts why a koozie why a koozie what does it do every one of these gifts there's a reason why we're giving you these gifts. This koozie insulates your drink and it keeps the temperature just right for it, right? Because once a drink is warm, it's no good, right? I don't want a hot drink. I want a cold drink. It's the thing that, that it is protecting the longevity of the drink. 
And what about Papa's seasoning? Papa's custom grill seasoning. This seasoning is so good. Somebody asked, uh, you know, what does it go on? The answer is yes, okay? The answer is yes, it's so good. The seasoning goes on everything to make it better and more fulfilling. You can put it on chips, you can put it on meat, you can put it on anything you want to. It, it, make it more fulfilling. You can put it on your ice cream if you want to. These gifts are intentional gifts to remind you to stand in the gap. Why? You are called to be the insulator of your family. God gave you dominion in the beginning of time and you are called to be the insulator of your family. You control the temperature of your home. If you want the temperature to be better, you are the protector of your home. Here's the thing. You don't do that. You be that. It's who God naturally created. If you operate the way God created you to be, you will naturally be an insulator of your home. You're protecting the longevity of your home. And then you're also called to bring your home to life. You're called to, when you become a kingdom man, your motivations change. You walk in the house and and you, you live a life that brings flavor to everybody around it. Just not the same without your daddy. Not the same without daddy. You start living that life that brings a flavor and a fulfillment to everybody around you. You don't do that. You are that. You be that. Because that's what God created you to be. Dads, I want to tell you today, you can be that man. You are the man. Our team will have one of these gifts for you as you exit today. Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, I love you and I'm so thankful for the opportunity to to connect and and to minister to these men. God, I pray that they heard this message from a spirit of of a life-giving spirit. Lord, I just wanna remind us, Lord, what you've called us to do, God, to live with dominion that you gave us already, to flex the the, the spiritual muscles that you gave us already. God, I pray that these words would just kind of soak down into these men, that they don't have to do more things, but God, that they would just stand in the gap and be the man that you've called them to be, that they would just be there. If they could be there, they'll make a difference. They'll make a difference. They'll raise kids that are world changers. They'll have a marriage that's world changing that will help it be an influence. They'll speak up for the kingdom and they'll change people's life and make a difference in others because they're being who called them to be. I speak dominion in our men. I speak strong men. I speak godly men in our home. I speak blessing over our fathers. I speak protection over our fathers. I speak wisdom and understanding, God, when they don't have the words. Lord, I pray that you would drop the words in their spirit. Help them with the toughest of situations. Do what only you can do, God. Bless them. Be the strong arm when they don't have it, God. Be the comforter when they need it. Lord, I pray that you would speak life into them in the name of Jesus. If you accept this on your life I wish you'd clap your hands and say amen on your way out I want you to grab a koozie I want you to grab some papa seasoning I want you to also I want you to register for the slingshot car rental and then I got another blessing for you Grimaldi's from the woodlands has shown up with cannolis for everybody okay so I didn't leave y'all out we got cannolis in the the lobby let's do it let's party thank you happy father's day give it up for your dads we'll see you next Sunday be blessed